We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. You can drive to a brick and mortar bank location or you can bank from the comfort of your own home. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. I choose to do business with Emprise Bank and you should too. They have all the tools to give you a phenomenal banking experience wherever you like. So appreciative of Emprise Bank. They've been incredible. They're literally a partner in Possible on the KC Draft Guide. Uh, I, I said the count up with them. They've been it's incredible to work with. And uh, yeah, you can bank without borders with them, Prize Bank. Uh, we have a really fun show today. I'm very excited about today. Uh, and I'm really excited to be here with uh, with Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter at MaddieKCSN. Hello. There's an underscore in there, but that's okay. You can keep trying to not direct people to my Twitter account. Um, <laughs> you deserve it. So about, there, we get, someone reached out and like we had the KC Laboratory Twitter account set up and, and Chief in Carolina was still on there. I apologize. We is a loose word. I have no control over that account. So I had nothing to do with it still being Chief in Carolina. That was Kent trying to hold me down. Um, I like how Kent called this. Uh, a fun show because it is it's craig's idea so you know it's a great idea it is a lot of fun this kind of show you guys don't know this this is like kent's nightmare there's a lot of information coming at you it's not as structured as he wants like this show is kent's actual nightmare so when he says fun just know that he that means i'm unsure how this is going to go <laughs> it's true kent, kent hates it when when uh we do these types of shows so you mean like you mean like when our rundown is a spreadsheet yes it's great <laughs> i live in spreadsheets so this is awesome I'm, I'm right at home right now but kent how are you doing my friend we never ask you how you're doing how are oh, you this, doing you know, there's this a reason feels, this feels good uh this feels good to be asked i feel good you know we're we're a week into the the launching of the kcsn draft guide we are full-fledged into that whole process and we're grinding away on the book um, so I'm doing good. I feel really good about where we're at. I, I feel better that I honestly, I feel better now that I'm talking to you guys. And that's, that is no cap. Although I do hate this spreadsheet rundown. Uh, it's terrifying me, uh, because it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's out of the norm. Because this we're, a great we're actually idea. doing a rundown. We haven't done a rundown in a long time. <laughs> that's true. There, there's I forgot what a rundown is. That's true. <laughs> you know, we really haven't had to do one since the game preview stuff. That's the last time we've been really structured, but we're going to be fine. This is going to be fine. Craig, I do want you to go ahead and explain uh, your idea, though, because I, this is a fun one. And it's it's kind of letting us dig a little bit into a little free agency. we got two weeks till free agency, so we don't need to go full bore in. But, like, we're dipping in our toes in free agency, dipping our toes in the draft a little bit with this episode. I think this is going to be fun. So why don't you explain to everybody what's going on? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been kind of looking at, you know, some of the ways the Chiefs can improve various position groups. This is kind of an important offseason, and there are some very targeted position groups that they need to kind of focus on. And it's not necessarily just going to be one guy in each of those position groups. So a lot of times when you look at these free agent primers, draft primers, whatever the case may be, they have like an expensive, a mid-tier, and a discount. For like each position it's like oh you can get this guy or you can wait and get this guy or you can wait even later and get this guy and try and get this sort of impact there are three position groups that i think the chiefs need all 
three of those. They would need to spend. They need to catch a mid-tier guy that could be an impact starter and catch a guy in the depth. That's wide receiver, defensive line, and defensive back. And I realize we're grouping some of those you know, position groups together, but that is the case. That's where they're losing a lot of guys in those position groups. They need upgrades in those position groups. So I thought that the three of us would kind of go position by position Break it down either with an expensive guy, a mid-tier guy, and, and a discount guy in the draft or free agency to try and fill these position groups out. And none of us can choose ones that the other one has. So you're mm. going to get a look at who we think should be targets for the Chiefs, where it fits, and kind of how to build out some of these rooms in both free agency and the draft I just think it'd be kind of fun because, you know, we're in this sweet spot before the draft stuff, before the combine, before free agency to kind of take a look at some of this stuff and try and target those things, knowing full well that none of us are going to be right. So nope. <laughs> none of these are going to happen, of course. Yeah, 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 not even are going to happen, of course, because this is how this works. Uh, before we jump into that, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? You or someone you love falling into depression or struggling with anxiety can keep you from what you care about. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of ex expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas. This service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website. You can read their testimonials. Uh, in fact, you know you can go to uh, you can go to betterhelp.com slash KCSN uh, for 10% off. That's betterhelp.com slash KCSN and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental help or mental health with the help of an experienced professional. All right, let's jump into this game. Uh, it's just it's EMD. <laughs> EMD. And, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with the wide receiver position. Give me an expensive mid tier discount, Craig. Even here, yeah. Kent starting on offense, unbelievable. Listen, look at him. Look at I'm this going, man. I'm going left to right on the spreadsheet, baby. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I got to choose first. Um, so my very first thing that I wanted to do as my expensive option here is to extend Tyreek Hill. Um, we're in the combine right now. There have been some rumblings, some very faint rumors that maybe the Chiefs want to make an extension for Tyreek Hill. It makes sense. Our buddy Bearcat has been talking about that for most of the offseason right now. It's a good way to save money against this year's cap and kind of keep one of the key pieces of the offense around for another three or four years. This is a way that you can keep Tyreek Hill happy, you can keep Patrick Mahomes happy, you can keep the offense together, and you're still looking to maybe get out of this deal when Tyreek Hill is around 31, 32, maybe before he hits that athletic cliff. So it sounds like it's all positive for the Chiefs. Here's the thing, though. Tyreek Hill is going to want like 25, 26, 27 million dollars, and he's fully justified in that. Devontae Adams might get 30 million dollars this offseason. DeAndre Hopkins is getting 27 million dollars already. Tyreek Hill has been right there with those guys, maybe outside of this last year, and the Chiefs didn't have a consistent wide receiver to presence. So you got to see defenses focus on him more and his effectivity was slightly limited he and his agent can definitely make a case that he's still a top five wide receiver if he's a top five wide receiver getting extended it's going to be expensive so that's where i'm looking to spend the most of my money i'm 
also going to keep playing in free agency. And I'm going to sign Juju Smith-Schuster to a one-year deal. Roughly about what he got offered by the Chiefs last year. It just makes sense. He got hurt. He had to play an ineffective Pittsburgh Steelers offense. He really didn't get to show out very much. Probably doesn't want to sign a long-term deal coming off of that sort of performance. So it makes sense that he wants a one-year deal. He makes so much sense as a short to intermediate receiver that complements Tyreek Hill really well. I think it just makes all the sense in the world. There's been all sorts of rumors connecting these two. He would be a great wide receiver too. He would get open regularly underneath and he would force defenses to respect him a lot more than the Chiefs wide receivers too have lately. And then my discount guy, Samara Toure out of Nebraska. Also kind of Montana. He he played in Montana for a little bit there. We got to see Toure at the Shrine game. And one of the things that really was nice about him was his ability to separate vertically. And that's pretty cool for a guy that's six foot three, 190. He's a lanky guy. He'll go up and get the ball, made some circus catches. He has a lot of vertical ability despite that height. So he's more of a project guy, more of a project X, but more of a contested catch guy. It's a thing that I think the Chiefs need on the roster a little bit more than they already have. But with me spending the assets on Tyree Kill and Juju Smith-Schuster, kind of not going with height, going with a big receiver, I needed to target one in day three. And he's a guy that just, I think you can catch and try and develop a little bit more really like what we saw out of him at the shrine game so i just want to stop and we're going to look at we're going to look at what craig did here i, I think it was pretty tricky of him to work tyree kill in there as his uh expensive <laughs> move like his expensive move was hey i'm going to keep a guy that's already on the roster listen I, really I, really it's though. Yeah. i'm not he saying really it's wrong. that answer didn't he i'm not saying it's wrong i'm just saying that i like <laughs> how you slid that in there I think for this, for receiver especially, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is kind of like like a cheat code win because you're getting a 25-year-old wide receiver that has played in one of the worst offenses the last two years. Like the, when that offense was last time it was respectable, he put up 1,400 yards. He was a phenomenal player that mm -hmm. was filling in the exact role the Chiefs need. So just the ability for that guy to be available and then to carry that price, you know, tag around eight million. I mean, maybe he creeps up another, you know, towards nine or ten as the cap's gone up. Like he can't be that expensive. So I think that's just the most, the sneakiest, like big win. Like no matter what you do from there, that is such a win for this. You have any takes on his uh, wide receiver things there, Kent? I just, yeah, I really like the Samari Ture idea. I mean, I think you know what we saw, like, what we saw to him at the Shrine Bowl is very, um, very intriguing, and you know. A bigger body guy, um, well, bigger frame guy. I don't know if he's bigger like, frame. Yeah, yeah, you know. But, but like, I, I think that's an interesting skill set to add, and a guy you can kind of trust on those rail shots down the sidelines, some fade routes, some double moves. Even uh, he he ran a couple double moves in the Shrine Bowl too. So I really like those. All right, Maddie, I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear what you what you had at the receiver spot. Okay, so when I did this, I was under the impression that like our wide receiver picks are like this is an entire free agency. So my wide receiver picks are tied to my D line picks and my defensive back picks. I'm not trying to spend I did 20 that too. plus. Yeah, I'm not mm -hmm. trying to spend twenty plus million dollars across the board on every spot with the highest guy. So my expensive guy, the guy that I'm allotting the highest draft capital to, happens to be a wide receiver. We're gonna go for gorgeous George Pickens. That is what I'm nicknaming him right now. Um. I don't know if he'll be there with the Chiefs pick. So you can <laughs> sub in Drake London. You can sub. I doubt Traylon Burks will be like one of those three guys. I have think there's a chance will be there. So we're putting them in as the expensive guy. We're getting that big X receiver. We're getting them out of the draft. We're putting a new kind of receiver that's going to be cost controlled under contract for multiple years. I'm trying to aim for Pickens because I think that he is pretty pro ready. I think he can step out there right now. Like compared to somebody like Traylon Burks, I think we'll need some time to fit into this role. George Pickens can walk in and be an X-type wide receiver in the NFL as long as he's healthy. So we start off with him. I re I started building this receiver looking at mid-tier free agent wide receivers. If you don't want to make a wide receiver one of the 25 highest paid wide receivers in the NFL, <laughs> the best guy you can get is probably someone like Christian Kirk. And he's coming off his best season. So that's I mean, he's a good player. I'm not saying there's anything bad, but the best mid-tier, the way we're kind of defining it, wide receiver you're going to get is Christian Kirk, and you're still paying him over $10 million a year most likely. 
So, and he's a limited guy that's probably only going to play out of the slot. I think you can find a role for a possession slot receiver. He's not quite as physical as Juju Smith-Schuster. He's probably a little quicker. He can make things work from that position. It's just, it was really hard to find a non-expensive wide receiver that I think steps in and immediately helps this team if you're looking at a mid-tier guy. But Christian Kirk's about as good as you can do at that. And then the discount, just bring back Byron Pringle. You pair him, you know, he can play outside a little bit. He can play in the slot. So if Christian Kirk, if George Pickens needs some time to acclimate to this Chiefs roster, you have a guy that can come in and at least do it at a specific baseline level. You're hoping Kirk and Pickens can, you know, outproduce him, obviously, but you at least have that safety net of a guy that's been in the system. One thing I'm really interested with with your decisions there, Maddie, is like it's Christian Kirk's market. Like I, I'm just so fascinated. Like that is one thing I'm going to be very interested to see what Christian Kirk's market winds up looking like, because there's a lot of positive, you know, report and feedback out of, you know, out of Arizona about what they think about Christian Kirk and, you know, his, his, his fit in the locker and work ethic, all that kind of stuff. So just be fascinating to see uh, that you have any thoughts, Craig. I mean, I, I, yeah, that's the one that's really kind of, questionable about this i could see him getting paid a lot of money i really can i can see him you know kind of getting up in there to that 12 13 million dollar a year because that's what wide receivers do when they hit the open market you're coming off a good year i just it is really tough i do like maddie's strategy going out and getting that big young x like with my strategy you're banking on Juju to play the X, not necessarily going to be a stud X by any sort of means, but George Pickens has that ceiling, has that ability, gives you some Tyree kill insurance. It it makes a lot of sense. If a guy like that's there, you have to take him. You just have to take it. It doesn't matter what the rest of your moves are. You have to take him because it gives you so much more insurance, so many more weapons for Patrick Mahomes. So uh, targeting that big dude, that big rookie in round one just makes all the sense in the world. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to lay out my receiver plan for you guys here. And picking I, third, by the way, picking third, uh, picking you're third. picking third. Yeah. I, uh, I love the idea of Chris Godwin coming into Kansas city. And here's why I think he, I believe it. I know he does. He's a lot operating in the slot in Tampa. I think he's an absolutely perfect fit for this football team. Here's why the chiefs, you know, we talked a little bit about this, a little versatility and flexibility from your X type player. Chris Godwin can play the X. I have zero doubt about that. It's not like he didn't line up on the line of scrimmage, isolated on the backside of formations, you know, at all in Tampa. But he's also a guy that has so much comfortability moving. He can he lines up in those bunches. He can run those in, inside routes with with a lot of ease, no problem. I think you know he's, he's still young. Obviously, he's coming off the injury, so he might be a decent value. We'll see what kind of market he is actually, you know, actually materializes for him. I think it still should be good because I think he is still an ascending player. I think. He's He's an uber-talented player with a very versatile skill set as a blocker, as a receiver, the versatility as a receiver. I think he makes a lot of sense as the Chiefs are slowly starting to maybe transition away from Travis Kelsey a little bit more and more as he gets older. And it's not anything about his ability or what he's done. It's more just reality. You know, At some point, that's going to happen. I would love to sign Chris Godwin to, to a, you know, preferably, honestly, I'd try to see if I can get a long-term deal with him. Uh, I believe in him enough as a player. I loved him coming out too. I was a guy I was very high on uh, coming out, but I think he's a versatile player. He can operate in, you know, he can operate in the slot, uh, which the Chiefs are going to need plenty of moving forward. But he has enough flexibility to move all over the place. Um, I'm going to go in in the mid tier. I'm going to grab Justin Ross in the draft, probably late day three of the draft. And Justin Ross, I think, is your swing to hit on a high upside player. Um, that, you know, kind of has had some, you know, he's had some adversity to deal with. I don't know if Justin Ross is going to test through the roof at the NFL combine. Uh, I think the rec- do the receivers run to, I think they run on Thursday. Uh, Correct. If, I, if I remember correctly. So we might know a little, some of y'all listening to this might know about Justin Ross's athletic he's, testing. He's not working out. He says he's <sighs> medically cleared, but he's waiting until uh-huh. his pro day. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a bummer, but um, we'll see what, you know, we'll see what kind of answers we get about his athletic profile. But I think this is a guy that can be a true X type player. And so if you've got the flexibility with a Godwin and a, and a uh, you know, and a, a Tyreek Hill, you can have Justin Ross, you know, as, as your X type receiver, um, your bigger bodied guy that can win outside the numbers, um, your more traditional guy like that as it, you know, as he develops and, you know, gets farther away from, you know, from the injury that kind of is neck injury that kind of kept him um, out of football. 
And then I'm just going to go grab Mac Hollins. Uh, I'm going to go grab Mac Hollins, another big body X guy that can probably play a little bit more, more quickly than Justin Ross. Like we know how notorious it is, you know, for notoriously difficult it is for receivers and Andy Reid's offense to go and, um, you know, and, and play immediately. Mac Hollins X type played in Philly previously. So there is some familiarity with the offensive scheme um, there. You know, he's a guy that, you know, he, he, he is more of your traditional X. He's a willing blocker. He's a, he's a, uh, a good special teams player as well. So I think that's your, you know, that's the roster composition. He's more of a one-year deal type player. This entire thing hinges on Justin Ross being healthy. If Justin Ross is healthy, it's hard to argue that this is the, the most effective long-term plan. If you can get Chris Godwin out of Tampa Bay, if Justin Ross is healthy, like those two guys, you could you could theoretically move on from Tyreek Hill in that scenario yeah. and feel comfortable enough with what you're doing on offense. You got two studs. If Justin Ross is not healthy, this gets really dicey in a hurry. Chris Godwin's a heck of a player. He's going to offer a ton there, but you still need that kind of true X receiver. And Justin Ross is just, it, man, if he's healthy, he's a top 10 pick. So you're going to see a lot of teams that are really, I, I wonder if some team is going to gamble a little earlier than this. But I, I do think that this valuation is probably right based on his injury history and nobody really knowing how he's going to look after you know dealing with contact. My, my slight concern is bringing in Chris Godwin, you're almost setting yourself up to have to build the receiver room around him and not Tyree Kill, which is fine, but that's a decision you almost have to make. Because I mean, Chris Godwin's going to be right there competing for the top wide receiver money in the NFL too. He's coming off an injury, so like I get that this year it won't be there, but you're not going to be able to keep him at $22, $21 million a year if Tyree Kill, you also extend him or re-sign him up near 30 and all these other guys coming up for deals are getting 30, you got to pay him too. So I do just wonder, like, is that too much money being allocated to just the two receiver spots? I don't know. It's just he's such a good receiver, even in Tampa with Mike Evans, who's one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. They run a lot of their offense when Godwin's healthy through Chris Godwin. Yeah. I just, with the Chiefs, you might get a little bit of a clash of how do we design an offense around Hill, but also Godwin, also Kelsey. And then when do you have to start moving that money elsewhere? But I mean, he's a phenomenal player. So like, I can't, I wouldn't complain. It's just, that's not a, that's not a me problem. That's a money guy's problem. Those are, those are good problems to have right there. Those are good problems. I'm very interested in what Chris Godwin's market and his 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 contract looks like i mean it sucks for him uh the situation he's been put in i'm very interested all right defensive line i'm up first uh i went and grabbed von miller as my expensive investment it's a one-year deal for von miller uh, i wonder you know i don't it's not going to be exorbitant i don't think of of a cost that you know you're probably in the low teens maybe on a one-year deal um somewhere around that for, you know, for Von Miller, I think it's probably, you know, I'm gonna try to get him on like a one year type deal, but then I'm going to turn around. My mid tier is going to be Josh Pascal out of Kentucky. And he's an interesting guy. Cause he's this long, dense, powerful edge player, but he's also got enough flexibility to kick inside in, in sub rush situations. So he's got a little versatility to move up and down the line, but I think he's a guy with some juice, some energy, um, you know, some power, you know, he really operates through the tackles a lot. He's really good at the point of attack against the run. I think there's a lot of good things to like about him. And so I'm going with him as my mid-tier player. And then the discount on the defensive line. I am going to go grab Noah Ellis out of Idaho. And I mean, this dude, I mean, if, if he was on, like if he was on, if he was on this, uh, on this podcast right now, he would have, we'd have to zoom out of this frame because this dude is like <laughs> one of, if not the biggest guy, uh, in this entire draft, he's 367 pounds of interior defensive lineman. He's a a a, a run stuff a run stuffer uh, primarily. I mean, it's that's really what he's going to hang his hat on. He's not a guy that's really going to affect the passer all that much, other than kind of just a, a slow, methodic, you know, kind of bull rush to the quarterback. But you'd stick him in a gap and just forget about it because he is just an absolute problem to try to move. A very narrow skill set here. 
Um, but I think, you know, just an absolute monster of a human that you can kind of stick along the interior of Steve Spagnuolo's defense. All right. Because Kent took Vaughn Miller off the table, I didn't get to choose Vaughn Miller. So I'm going with Chandler Jones, a guy who's reportedly on his way out in Arizona. Doesn't look like they're going to re-sign him. And I know people are going to kind of look at that and go, that's a 32-year-old edge rusher. I get it. I'm still signing this man to a two-year deal because since 2015, he has had one season where he did not have double-digit sacks and did not have over 20 quarterback hits. This man lives in the backfield. It doesn't matter the scheme that he's played in. He's just been ridiculously effective. I think he's a leader. He's a guy that can lead a defense, can come into the room and really give you know some young players some help, help develop guys, and offer a stable presence on there and also have the impact that you would expect He's probably going to be roughly $15 million a year. That's not like top-end defensive end money by any means, but you just extended Tyreek Hill in my scenario. You freed up some room. Use that room to sign Chandler Jones for a couple of years and help stabilize and give yourself a guy that's been around, knows what he's doing, and can be an impact player while still leading the room. And then my mid-tier guy is probably happening in July, <laughs> maybe in training camp. Melvin Ingram's rejoining this team. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> you just you just bring that man in. There's your two starting defensive ends, guys that Steve Spagnolo is going to love. They're going to work really hard. They're going to be good run defenders. They're going to get after the passer really well, and they're going to bring good intensity to the room. That gives you three legitimate guys on the defensive line that guy that teams have to account for. Chandler Jones, Melvin Ingram, and Chris Jones. You can get a little creative with those guys. You can do a little bit more because both of those guys have played outside linebacker, can drop into coverage. It helps with Steve Spagnuolo's blitz scheme. So I love addressing both of those needs in free agency, both the expensive and the mid-tier there. And then I'm going to turn around and get a guy that I bet he sticks, a day guy, Thomas Booker out of Stanford, a really long guy, was a former defensive end, now weighs up over 310. We got to see him at the Shrine game as well. And a guy that just is a ridiculously smart, long interior defensive lineman, still learning the ropes, but showed high IQ on the interior. A guy that Steve Spagnuolo would absolutely love as a penetrating defensive lineman. Thomas Booker is one of my favorite interviews that we had at the East Rest Shrine Bowl. One of the most engaging guys. And I bet he sticks in the NFL. I am team sticks. I love my sticks golf clubs. They've changed my game. They've been perfect for someone like me who's kind of new to the golfing journey. And I wanted something better uh, to suit my golf game than what I had. You know, kind of uh, 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 an Amazon set of clubs. So if you are looking for your next set of golf clubs, go to sticks.golf. Use promo code KCSN10. You will get 10% off your order uh, of a wonderful set of Sticks clubs. I have the complete set. It's been outstanding, and I promise you, you won't regret it. Uh, You'll be amazed at the performance. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, any thoughts on Craig's defensive line group, Maddie? 
Well, I'm lumping you guys together because here's something that you guys did that I, yeah, didn't, I didn't do. I did. I didn't give. I didn't give any thoughts on Kent. So that that no, tells I'm you what I think about his. <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I went a different way than you guys. I, I mean, Kent kind of did, but both you guys went out and spent a little bit of money to bring in like one year deals in the defensive line room. Like you guys aren't building a defensive line room. Kent's Mm-mm. like one young guy. But then day three picks, yes. But Kent's one young guy is another thick dude. That's like what the Chiefs already have. Like so, I tried to rebuild this defensive line unit. I'm getting some guys that are going to be around here for a while. You know, we. We have one defensive lineman that's played significant snaps and staying here this year. Do I really want to try to turn it over again after one more year? No. So we're going to go out. We're going to spend our money and go get Harold Landry. Now, hopefully the Titans fumble the bag and don't franchise tag him. So he hits the open market. And I think his market's going to be interesting because I don't think he's worth right now that north of $20 million price tag. But with the way the market value is with what teams being hungry for pass rushers, is he going to be that random guy that kind of catches the stray max contract just because of what he might be as he keeps developing? Or is he going to get paid roughly in line with what his production has been? And if that's the case and you're catching him for $16, $17 million a year, I think it's a no-brainer that he's a guy that's not a number one pass rusher or he's not a dominant pass rusher, but he's great as part of a rotation. He has to only be a number two to Chris Jones if he starts you know, making plays in the playoffs once in a while. It's like that's what you can pay him for that much money. So then we're going to come back mid-tier. We're coming back on day two. We're getting another young edge rusher. We're going to keep getting guys in here on the edge. We're coming in. We're getting Tyreek Smith, defensive end out of Ohio State. Here's another guy that he played around 260. He's probably dropped the 245-ish for the senior bowl. Hopefully he puts some weight back on the combine because if he can get near 260 with his flexibility, with his bend, he's a guy that kind of reminds me a little bit of Harold Landry and the way that he can bend and how fluid he is around the corner. So now all of a sudden you have these two actual pass rushers at the defensive end position, two guys that are going to be on the team for a while. You're gonna, They're going to be your building blocks along the defensive line going forward. And then we're rounding out as my discount guy. I'm not going to pretend to know the market value of nose tackles, okay? But I will <laughs> say this. Sebastian Joseph Day... Uh, BJ Hill, Derek Nadi, uh, Brandon Williams, who's a lot older, so he would definitely be a rental. But all these, one of these guys isn't going to get a lot of money. One of these good run stuffing nose tackles is not going to catch a lot of money. You're going to be able to get them for pennies on the dollar for what they provide. I wrote in Sebastian Joseph Day into that right now because I do believe the Rams are kind of up against it a little bit with their cap. So he's the guy I'm thinking might come through. I don't know who, but one of these nose tackles to be a run stuffer to go play next to Chris Jones. I mean, uh, see, I, I think that's tough because the Chiefs clearly need to invest in defensive line. Like, that's going to be the number one thing. And I don't know, like, that any of us addressed it in a way that, like, we love. Like, there's not a guy that that three years from now you're like, man, I'm glad we have that guy. Harold Landry is good. Don't get me wrong. But like you said, Matty, he's a complimentary pass rusher and that's kind of where you are i mean von miller and chandler jones are going to be really good pass rushers this year and maybe next year but then you're look you're in the same scenario so it's really hard where the chiefs pick every single round to not have a defensive or to be able to collect a defensive end and now you're stuck you know, kind of feasting off the free agent scraps here that we're seeing. I don't, it's tough. They got to get pass rushers and I don't love any of the solutions that we came up with, honestly, three years from now. I think it speaks to his Breland speaks. I think it speaks to, uh, because I have a, I have a Breland speaks comment here in a second, but I just think it speaks to how, um, I just think it speaks to how many issues this team probably really does have to address. Like, I do think that there is a lot of, you know, little needs that this team has. And so, you got to make decisions in different spots. And so, you know, there's probably, you're not going to be satisfied if you're having to go grab nine players, for instance, you know, at these three positions, I don't think you're going to be satisfied with all the solutions. I was just going to say Harold Landry. I, Maddie, I don't remember what your Harold Landry takes were. I think you probably liked him a little bit more than 41. I'm guessing. Uh, I liked him uh, more than 41. If I remember correctly in 2018, and he went five picks before Breland speaks. So pain. Uh, <laughs> did you have anything else, Maddie? I, I was just gonna say I want to double down on what Craig said. When you pick at the end of the first round, it's really hard to draft 
uh, impact edge rushers. Like, yes, you can pick out guys over the years that have happened in round two, three, four, but look how many guys haven't been impact rushers in those rounds, right? It's like, it's just really hard from the Chiefs' perspective to not go trade a pick and pay Frank Clark a bunch of money because you just, mm-hmm. you don't get Frank Clark's at that point of the draft. I know Frank Clark hasn't lived up to his contract in a lot of fans' minds, but go back and look through these drafts and figure out how many guys have been better than him that have been drafted after where the Chiefs would have picked. And then you I look mean, at how many guys weren't. Yeah. Like that's yeah, the, that's you the problem. At, you pick. Like L- you pick. LJ Collier was picked with the Frank Clark pick. That was, that was LJ Collier. I mean, and no, just no. Like Frank's Frank clearly the better player. I, so yeah, it it's tough, and you end up just consistently coming back to a veteran presence to try and sort out your room, just like Kansas City's going to be going to a veteran presence in McAdoodles coming to Lee's Summit in summer of this year. McAdoodle started in 1997. They've been in the liquor game since then, and they know a thing or two about how to build customer relations, selection, and how to price competitively so that you keep coming back. And they are just masters at doing that. So Kansas City, you are getting one of the very best that could possibly come to your area, and that means that you don't have enough because it's just one. You got to get more, and then it's got to spread throughout Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Iowa. Let's get into Oklahoma. Let's get into Texas. Let's get more of these McAdoodle stores, and in order to do that, I need you, the franchisees listening, to get a hold of Roger Info at McAdoodles.com to make sure that you get one of them near you ASAP get the veteran presence to complete your liquor store needs in your neck of the woods love it Craig great great job um okay let's go ahead and go to the defensive back room let's take a look at this uh Maddie you have the floor this is where I opted to spend the majority of my free agent money. I guess I talked about how Landry might cost a little bit, but nah, you know he's not breaking the bank for what the Chiefs could have. So this is where the money went. We're starting off with Carlton Davis, cornerback from Tampa. There's another cornerback that may or may not come up later that I would take over Carlton Davis, but I think he'll cost more. I actually think that there, if he hits free agency, you know, the other guy might have a little more of a bidding war. Carlton Davis is like Charvarius Ward but souped up in every possible way. Similar play style, similar skills and traits, but he's just you know a little bit better at all the same stuff. And I think you really do see that on the field. He is a guy that is an actual number one corner. He's not, I'm not going to say he's a shutdown corner. He's not elite, but he's like one and a half step below that. And he's still pretty young. So bring him in, pay him a lot of money. I still think you could probably slide him in, you know, a tier down from the very tip top corners. So maybe you get a little bit of a discount on the play. Jumping over to safety, this is where I got a little stuck because safety market value, everybody remembers Trey Boston has flirted around like a $4 million a year deal, no matter how good he may or not be for like eight years now. It's another spot. It's kind of hard. It's really scheme dependent. But heck with it. Bring over Carlton Davis's teammate. We'll just bring Jordan Whitehead over with them. It's a two for one deal. We'll pay both of these guys because... I love Jordan Whitehead coming out of Pittsburgh. I thought he was a lot of fun. He flew around the field like a missile. He, you know, he had to, the game had to slow down for him because he played too fast at times, but he could kick into the slot. He could play down into the box and make tackles. He wasn't terrible playing deep, even though that wasn't like his best spot. So you put him in half field coverage, he's fine. He can make plays on the ball and do anything you ask. I think that's a perfect replacement for Tyron Matthew. The way the Chiefs have used him, you can see him visually fitting into all those roles. He won't be as good, but you can see him doing all of those same things, plus being a more physical player. Let's not kid ourselves here. And then finally, we're wrapping it up. On day three, early day three, we're taking another big, long, physical corner, Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State. Here's a guy, if you're going to go ahead and put Carlton Davis out there, who's a great press corner, give me a raw pressed corner project to work with. Okay, Joshua Williams, come in and go study Carlton Davis. Do everything that he does because you guys have similar length, similar, you know, top end speed. You may not be the most fluid guys, but you can do the same stuff. So go teach, you know, go learn everything you can from him. And maybe you get these two twin towers on the outside of cornerback going forward. Uh, 
If uh, I I just remember loving Carlton Davis and Jordan Whitehead both coming out of the draft and both thinking they were pretty good values. Like those were. I, I this is just is this just turning to us redrafting 2018? That's like, what you guys are doing. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's like a little bit of us being like, well, we missed on these guys the last time. Let's just bring them back this time around. I I love I'm, both picks. I love the Carlton Davis pick. I've I've been a big Carlton Davis fan for a while. I mean, I I fully expected that you two were just going to wax poetic about Jesse Bates for about four hours and yeah. and how he was taken to the Chiefs pick and all that. No, this this is a good one. I I like it. Carlton Davis couldn't be a better scheme fit if he tried. He really couldn't. It just makes too much sense for the way that Spags runs his scheme. Whitehead is a very solid safety as well. You can put him next to Juan Thornhill, and that's going to make a lot of sense. And then you get a long project corner in round four. It it kind of honestly fits other than Carlton Davis and the amount of money they're going to spend on him kind of fits the the status quo for what Brett Veach has done in the past with the cornerback room, the kind of investment that he's done. But that being said, you're still going out and getting a top tier guy. You are getting a number one across from Legereus need those two in the base defense. That, that's a good tandem. You're, you're going to be able to live off of that tandem and you're going to love that tandem. So I, I actually like this a lot. I really like it too. Uh, I hope you really like this one because I I maddied this one a little bit actually. Too. Yeah, I see this. Uh, yeah, my yeah, what's going on here? Look, <laughs> Chief Bearcat, our dear pal, has mentioned this for a couple of months. You know, what about a scenario where you know? Oh, the, the here's a fact: the Saints are in cap hell. What? They are. They're them? in cap hell. They're Never. always in cap hell. But I think the bill is finally coming due on them moving money forward. In four and years. I think they're blowing things up a little bit. You know, it's, <laughs> of course. Uh, I'm going to have the I'm gonna have the Chiefs trading their first round pick and maybe a little bit more, maybe one of those third round picks for Marshawn Lattimore. There's no indication necessarily that he is available, but I think this is the perfect opportunity to take a swing if if the if the Saints are really going to kind of use this year as a, as a chance to reset with Sean Payton at the building, who kind of maybe he saw the writing on the wall a little bit here, where they don't really have a quarterback and Jameis Winston's not going to take them anywhere this year. Maybe this is the year they kind of make some difficult decisions with some of the roster uh, and contract contractual stuff. So Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best cornerbacks in football. I'm giving up a first-round pick, maybe a little bit more. Again, the Chiefs have some extra draft capital. Uh, they have a third-round pick as well uh, in the 30th pick in the draft. I mean, it's, I mean, that's it's not going to be hard to beat the 30th pick in the draft. Uh, there's not very many teams without a, with a first-round pick less than that uh, or worse than that, so or better than that, sorry. Um, whatever I meant. But <laughs> but I, what, I, think that's, I, think that's, I think that's my big swing for the offseason is, is going and, and finally addressing the cornerback position for the first time my mid-tier investment at the safety position terrell edmonds and i don't feel great about it i don't love it he's a guy that i thought was woefully overdrafted uh when he went in the first round to the steelers uh, a few years ago but i also don't know if he's as bad as you know i think he's i think he's actually made some improvements over the course of his career it started out pretty rough, but I think he's gotten improved over year over year. And he's still a younger prospect. That's another one of these things is he's still a 25 year old kid. The Edmonds brothers all entered the draft out of the womb somehow. Uh, Cause I mean, his brother Tremaine was a 19 year old. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, like they, there's some young, there's some young, he's a younger prospect. He's still got some upside here. I don't think his best football uh, is behind him quite yet. But he's a guy that can fill in as kind of a box safety, can play in those two high structures. Um, that's my that's my mid tier. And then I'll, I'm you know I'm gonna keep it local for my discount on day three of the draft. I'm gonna go grab a Caleb Evans, uh, the cornerback out of Missouri. He's got the requisite length. He's good attached uh, in press coverage. Um, you know I think he's he's a willing physical player. I think you know there's some improvements technically from his tackling that are going to have to get addressed, but I don't think he's a bad tackler. I think there's enough in there. That's kind of the route I'm going. Maddie's ready to strip, rip it apart because I went with Terrell Edmonds at safety, I have a feeling. No, no, no. Uh, he's gotten better. Like I don't think he's as versatile as what they've done with Tyron Matthew, but you would have a very clear, strong, and free safety with Edmonds and Juan Thornhill, and I don't know if that's a terrible thing. Like I don't think it's an awful thing to have to do that. So like that's fine. I was just laughing at uh, the amount of money that you're throwing at all your high-priority guys. Now, I do know 
that, you know, the rules maybe weren't super clear that this was an entire package deal. So you didn't know that you were spending, you know, so much money across everybody. I get it. Uh, but really, actually, my the biggest thing I was laughing about, Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, as you said, you're paying two first round picks to get him. That's the precedent that's been set. Jalen Ramsey was two first round picks in the fourth. Ooh. Like you're paying two first round picks to get Marshawn Lattimore. Um, that's where it gets a little bit dice. Like, are you willing to do that? It paid. It, it worked for the Rams. So like maybe a team would be willing to do it. It's just like, that's a lot of draft capital. I think. How much would you it, do it? Would you do two first? It's that contract too. I, I, I don't know that I want to pay two first plus the contract. That, One that's thing that's the, tricky about his contract is there's not a ton of signing bonus to it. That's true. Right. So you're that's going the one to thing be that's a hitting. Tricky. Yeah. You're going to be having a huge cap hit every year. It's not like you're, caps going you're up, sticking though. the saints with much of it. So I know, yeah. but the cap's going up and true. he's a top tier player. He is. He absolutely I, is. I, mean, I would. I, I wouldn't be upset if they did it. It's just it's not something I'd pound the table for either. It's like one of those that I'm kind of lukewarm on. And I guess if you're lukewarm on it, you would go for keeping your capital and cash somewhere else. Like if I'm not just super feeling it. But like I said I wouldn't be upset if they did it because he is that good of a corner. He he's a true number one. He, he's an absolute true number one. He changed the scheme, so I can't I can't be mad at it as the defensive guy. I have to own that. So. <laughs> All right, my three and the best three, clearly, of all of this. I can't believe that I pick third in this category, and I get to pay J.C. Jackson. It, it's not been a secret that J.C. Jackson has been Bill Belichick's best corner for like three years. And Stefan Gilmore has been awesome. Don't get me wrong. He's been really, really good. J.C. Jackson's been better. And he's just growing. He's just getting better. He's a 26-year-old guy. This I'm throwing a five-year deal at him immediately. So I, I know that he's going to cost a lot of money. He's not costing a lot of money this year. And you could still restructure Patrick Mahomes. You're moving on from Frank Clark in this scenario. There is money to be had to be able to kind of push that forward into some of the bigger cap years. I am absolutely doing this for a man corner that is going to line up and change the defense significantly. J.C. Jackson is the best cornerback in free agency, the best cornerback that's come out in free agency in a while. And it's simply because Bill Belichick doesn't like to hand out some of these free agent deals that you're seeing him get free. And some. I know uh, some, all, I know that <laughs> I know that they are typically guys leave New England and get worse J.C. Jackson's one of those guys that's kind of built into a role. I fully believe that it's not just schematics with him. I think that he's a guy that can come over into Steve Spagnuolo's scheme and make a serious impact. And then I'm turning around and I'm spinning a second round pick on Lewis Seen out of Georgia. A guy that is a physical player, a hard hitter a guy that can kind of play in that robber role can kick into the box against the run can you know kind of line up and take away some guys in man coverage as well safeties in the NFL draft we've been saying it for years now are incredibly undervalued there's just a plethora of them every year there's a lot of good ones so it's hard to pay those guys in free agency because you can turn around get a young guy and get an impact guy. Lewisine and Juan Thornhill, a year removed now from a knee injury, gives you some serious athleticism on the back end and two young pillars at safety. He's not necessarily going to be the guy that can call the secondary, make the sort of adjustments that you would expect Tyron Matthew to be. So it's not a like-for-like like sort of thing. You are going to have to shift your scheme a little bit, but he makes sense. And then the guy that I'm actually going to throw is my discount and going to be the one that you guys and people on the internet are going to give me grief about is Roger McCreary out of Auburn. And I'm taking him with a Ryan Poles comp pick. So that's still in the third round, but it's basically the fourth round. I know what you're screaming right now as you're listening to this. Roger McCreary is a day one pick. Like he, he he's round one. He's been going round one and all this. Okay, I'm going to give you the comprehensive list since 2010 of guys with his arm length or shorter that have gone before round five of the NFL draft. Are you ready? That was all of them. 
That was every single one of them. Yes, I'm stealing your bit, but (laughs) it's hard to watch Roger McCreary and see, you know, where this length is really impacting him. He's playing in the SEC. You see the film is very, very good. It is extremely good. That hasn't mattered to NFL teams. We've seen a lot of really, really good corners come out of the NFL draft that have been short with short arms, and it did not matter. Those guys still went late day two where this pick would be or into day three. And guys, had there have been these teams that have put those guys in their secondary. They've been impact players in the NFL. They've been really good. The NFL doesn't care that Roger McCreary is that good of a player. They don't like short-armed corners. I do in the scenario that Steve Spagnuolo is going to put him in because he can play in the slot. He can play in man coverage. And, oh, yeah, he's played a little safety in his in his time, too. So that's a guy that can do everything that you want him to in the slot. You can get creative with him. He's smart. He's physical. He should not be here at this spot. But NFL teams just don't pick guys with that short of arms in day two of the NFL draft. So I'm gaming the system a little bit, and I'm taking Roger McCreary here. So I think Lewis Seen is, is is a great pick. Uh, if he's there in round two, like, yeah, I think the mm-hmm. Chiefs should run to the podium and draft him. Uh, for those of you that uh, haven't yet, you should head on over to kcsn.substack.com and subscribe, and you're going to get a little link to the uh, KCSN Discord once you do that and an email it's sent to you. If you get in that Discord, Probably the night that you're listening to this, if you're listening on Thursday night around, oh, let's call it 7.30 Central, we'll be doing a, a film room and we will be watching Lewis Seen and we'll watch him versus some good players and we'll see a lot of the stuff that Craig talked about. So I'm not going to dive too much into uh, how good of a player I think he is, but I just want to say like, if he's there at pick 60, like you should be sprinting to the podium to take him. You could also go to gum.co slash KCSN22 and get six months of the Substack access to the Discord and the 2022 KCSN Draft Guide, which we'll be releasing on April 6th. That is going to do it for Whoa! the KC Laboratory. Well, listen, we're he's getting out of here because he knows that I had the best draft of all of them. He just winner? doesn't want to address it. Man. Oh, <laughs> we got to vote for who had the best overall group? It's no, me. not really. I just wanted to pick. I just wanted to say one thing that I did not take into account that you guys did a great job in. I didn't bring back veteran like a, a leader for the defense after mm-hmm. losing Hitchens. I didn't bring Tyron Matthew back. If Frank Clark walks too, which we're kind of presuming with the amount of money we're throwing around, this is all new guys and young guys that I have on this defense. So like, it's gonna be an all new you know physical physical like presence on the field, but also mental presence. The way I went, it's like I as you guys were going through, it's like oh I probably should have brought in some kind of vet. Uh, it's like, that was one mistake I made. But I mean, besides that, I mean, come on, look at my team. They're all young and they're all good. I've not got any old guys that are here for a year. I would just I would just like to point out, I didn't use my round one pick. You can take literally anybody with you the round take one George pick. Pickens. You can still take scenario. George Pickens. You can still take <laughs> George Pickens. Clearly meaning my draft is the best. Craig won. Like, let's just be honest. The guy right. yeah, Craig, the he is the greatest. He clear, wins. Like, yeah, he has good. a clear understanding of the rules of the game and everything. Good job, that, Craig. Good job, Craig. You deserve everything you get. That's going to do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory. Uh, enjoy Combine Week. Gum.co slash KCSN22. We'll catch you later.